This is the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast. I'm Scott Evans. He is Nick Lawson. What's going on, man? Hey, how you doing? Good. Brand new theme song for the show. I like it. That's pretty cool. Uh, much better than just the uh, one that came on this uh, Roadcaster Pro that we're uh, recording on. So, uh, so how's your week been? I can't complain. Not too bad. Yeah, mine has been... Uh, Taxes, mortgages, and uh, child care. So uh, I, I am absolutely broke right now. <laughs> I'm unemployed, so I, I right now I'm, I'm pretty broke, yes. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, get into the show. Uh, this week in Reds history, uh, there's two main things that happened uh, around this week. Uh, one of them uh, is happened back in 1970 at the all-star game where Pete Rose ran into Ray Fossey. And I, I know you're a huge Pete Rose fan, so I'll, I'll let you talk on this. You weren't even prepared for this, but I know you'll be ready. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel bad for Ray Fossey. I mean, his career was pretty much crap after that. Um, but that was back in a day when you could run catchers over. Now you can't even, you can't even look at them funny now without being, you know, getting, getting ejected or something. But, that was uh that was back when baseball was different. This is 1970, 50 years ago. Pete Rose ran over Ray Fossey in the I believe it was the 12th inning, um, and the rest was history. I mean, Ray Fossey just wasn't the same after that. He bounced around a few teams, and Pete went on to be the hit king. Right. I think I heard Ray Fossey talk about how he didn't blame Pete for his uh, injury or even uh, his uh, downturn in his career. No, he, he said that, you know, it's part of the game. And he knew that, you know, pizza, he goes 110% every time he was out there. It didn't matter if he had dinner the, the night before. It didn't matter if you danced the night before. He he went out there and he played his game. He did exactly what his dad wanted him to do. And that was to play hard-nosed baseball, and that's what he did. And the uh, other thing this week in Reds history would be the 2015 All-Star Game festivities. I went to everything that week. I had tickets to FanFest. I had tickets to the Celebrity Softball, the Futures Game, the Home Run Derby, and the All-Star Game. And out of all those, probably the All-Star Game was the least exciting for me. Yeah, I mean, the Home Run Derby was was awesome. Todd Frazier was, was on fire. And the crowd was really into it, and it was a lot of fun. I was at the Futures game the night before, and I got to see Hunter Green for the first time, and, and wow. That, that was, guy was amazing. Not, not Hunter Green. He wasn't at that one. Uh, he was still in high school was at that, that point. Amir Garrett was there. there. Okay. That, okay that's who, that's who it was. That's okay. Getting my years confused, man, my old age. Yeah, so – but yeah, in 2015, Hunter Green was probably still amazing. <laughs> but uh, well, I'm sure he was. Yeah. But in high school at that time, if 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 even high school, he might have been in middle school at that point. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, I, may, I may have been I may have been a, I may have been a couple years ahead of my thinking. There, <laughs> that's okay. okay. <laughs> but uh, the the other event uh, that I found a lot of fun uh, that I was thinking of, okay, this thing's going to be boring. It's going to be like the rock and jock thing that used to be on MTV. But the uh, celebrity softball was a lot of fun to watch inside the stadium. Uh, it, it, the Futures game was fun, but uh, it, it, the uh, commentary inside by the inside uh, 
Um, my mind just went blank yeah. on the uh, <laughs> intentional the intentional talk team uh, that's on the MLB Network. Uh, they did the in house uh, commentary Sean, Sean on it. Casey. Yeah, they were just Sean Casey and uh, I forget who the other guy was. Wasn't right, but I know uh, this was. Uh, the guy, if you've seen the video of uh, Joey Votto in the Mountie contest, or con- yeah. or, or um, co- costume, uh, it was the two guys yeah. that host that show that that did the in stadium commentary during the game. They were hilarious. Was it was much yeah. better in person than uh, the replay that was on ESPN, uh, just because those guys weren't on ESPN. And then uh, you know seeing Snoop Dogg. Uh, actually have a really good game and uh he was fueled by his normal fuel <laughs> if you understand what i'm saying yeah but yeah, he, uh, he, he he's a he's a lot of fun and I, i'm a I'm a fan of snoop dogs and i mean i feel bad for andy dalton he got booed every time he oh bad. i know my, my friend that was with me is a steelers fan so he enjoyed the booze but uh it was pretty sad that most of the people booing were Bengals fans or supposed Bengals yeah, fans I, I, I mean, I was there, and I just I was looking around. I'm just like, wow, why are they booing Andy Dalton? Right. Uh, and, and I mean, he, it was it was it felt bad for him. Yeah, he he had a really good game, and Andy Dalton did a ton of stuff for the community, uh, too, while he was here. But the the highlight of the week of that weekend had to be the home run derby. I have never, I don't think I've ever been to an event uh, where the crowd was just into it at, in unison as that crowd was. Lots of energy. And uh, a ton of fun, and it it was timed out perfect. They changed the rules before the event, and then they changed the rules uh, just before they started the event because the uh, card they handed out to everybody in attendance, the rules on that card were completely wrong uh, compared w- with what they did, and they the the tweaks because they were trying to get it in before a uh, thunderstorm rolled in, so they got the timing perfect. It's it's exciting to watch on TV. They're still using the same format today. And I think the players like it better than the old school. You get ten outs versus the uh, clock. The clock makes it uh, make it makes it much more exciting, and uh, a lot more strategy goes into it. Oh yeah, and, and I, I like the way when they changed the format. I like the way they did it. I mean, you can also your timeout. You get your timeout anytime you want. You get to, if you hit, I guess a certain amount of home runs, you get that 30 seconds. Uh, it's extra uh, time. two over, I believe, 420 feet or 425 feet. Okay. Uh, originally, the rules were, were so complex, you almost needed a calculator to try to figure it out. They simplified them uh, right before they went live with the event and made it uh, that much more exciting, that much more enjoyable. And uh, they, they did it, I think, just to get, just to cut down on the time that they were laying it out for TV and for. Uh, the weather that was coming in because every day uh, for the all-star game, it stormed really bad, but uh, for all the, uh, all the games, nothing was uh, postponed. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine if they would have had this format back when they did home run derby back in the fifties and sixties with <laughs> Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle, it would have been yeah, awesome. It'd been awesome, but a completely different show. I don't know if you ever saw the old ESPN classic uh, home run derby from those times and, uh, it was a lot more laid back, but it, that shit was entertaining in itself as well. Yeah, I mean, once a guy went up and hit, he came and did some commentary, which was pretty cool. You could get some insight of the, the guy that was already hitting and and do and talk about what you just did. Right, so uh, that's kind of a look back at this week in Reds history. Hopefully the Reds get another All-Star game in my lifetime, but uh, we'll see. 
Uh, take I a look so. at some of the Reds news. Of course, we'll take a look around the league. COVID-19 update. Uh, of course, cases around the country are still going up for various reasons. Uh, but uh, Pennsylvania today, uh, they or Philadelphia announced today that uh, they're not going to have live crowds for any major events. Uh, it's kind of weird how it's worded. It's worded to where the sports teams can if they want, but they're strongly discouraged from is the way is pretty much the gist of how the local health officials said there it's worded. I guess they don't have the authority to tell them no, but they're kind of telling them no. And I don't think uh, any major league team right now wants to take the liability chance anyway. Yeah. I think right now when you've got certain states, the cases are just skyrocketing. And I think when you look at a lot of players are testing positive as well, so the league is getting kind of standoffish when it comes down to it, and and I think and not, you know not taking any risks with fans and their health. Right, and I, th- I think uh, I know NASCAR is having a huge event this weekend. Uh, they're going to have thirty thousand fans, which sounds like a lot, but I think the uh, the track there holds one hundred and fifty thousand or something ridiculous like that. So uh, they'll be spread out at thirty thousand, but hopefully. Uh, it, it would be nice and if uh, the way they did contact tracing in this country would be like, if you go to an event like that, you have to go get tested. And so we can really see what the effects of uh, having events out, outside really are because otherwise it's just kind of like, well, an event was held and then two weeks later cases shot up. But was it because of the event or other things like people going on vacation or just just how the virus is? So. Uh, I, I wish we would do a better job. It's, it seems like it'd be pretty easy if you go to an event, a concert, a political rally, a, a race track, a, a baseball game. Because in Kentucky, uh, two of the minor league cities are having a four-team league with fans, up to 2,000 people per stadium. So uh, if, if you go to those events, I think you should have to go get tested just so we'd have the data on and find out what the risks really are to some of these outdoor public events. Yeah, I mean, unless you, you you give it a shot and you try it out, you don't know what's going to happen. So, I, 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 right. my hats off to NASCAR for giving it a shot. Right, I know they've had a few fans at some other tracks. Uh, Thirty thousand seems that's probably going to be the biggest event uh, event ever. Now, I, I don't think they are doing indoor events. I think that should be the, probably the last last place to uh, have any type of fans. But uh, we'll we'll see what we do in this country. We kind of do things our own way. Yeah, we're kind of like, a, you know, let's see what happens and go with And one of the things, of course, Major League Baseball do, players can decide to opt out, I think, at any time. And uh, a yeah. huge, huge uh, player uh, opted out this week, Buster Posey, decided that uh, it wasn't worth the risk with his uh, newborn child. And, and really, it has to be up to everyone. Uh, everyone has their different risk factors, their different life uh, situations. If you're a Major League Baseball player, especially an established star, Money's most likely not going to be an issue, uh, not getting paid for a year. Uh, but uh, it, it all depends on the situation, the player's health. I think there was another player, I don't remember, but he had type 1 diabetes, so he decided to sit out. Uh, so far, none of the Reds have decided to opt out, so I'm pretty excited about that. Hopefully everybody keeps their risk level outside the stadium as low as possible so we can uh, – get by without any uh, fans. Uh, another player that uh, does have some Reds uh, history, Roldis Chapman, uh, did test positive. Unfortunately, he's having mild symptoms. And uh, from friends of mine that have had mild symptoms, uh, 
they're not really mild. They're 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 pretty uh, pretty hellacious, even though it's the uh, mild case compared to the uh, serious cases. Yeah, and I, I heard that, and, I was, and I, I, I was like, man, I, I hate to hear that from a former red and a very popular red. Um, and I know <clears throat> this this virus is it's it's it can affect people differently, and it all depends on your immune system and how you are. But apparently, you know, he's he's having like you said mild symptoms, and and hopefully this is something that'll pass on him soon. Right, and and it should be uh, most people. Uh, under 60 do quite well uh, and come out on the other side. It's, uh, those in the older, older brackets and usually with, uh, pre-existing conditions. Uh, but, uh, no one is uh, immune to death, uh, <laughs> whether it's COVID-19 or anything else. And so there's of course been cases where there's been nothing apparent wrong with the individual and unfortunately they passed away anyway. So it's pr- pretty scary times. No, we're learning more and more about it each day and hopefully, uh, we can come out of this soon so we can get life back to normal. Yeah. And I think we're all itching to get back to normal. And that's going to be a while. Right. I do have a, have a list of players who have opted out. Okay. Uh, Wilton Castillo, Ian Desmond, Felix Hernandez. That was kind of a surprise. Jordan Hicks, who had actually Tommy John surgery. So he was, that was due. I, I think he's the person I was talking about with the type one diabetes. Yes. Uh, Michael Kopik. Mike Leake, Nick Barkakis, uh, as a Braves tie-in. We'll get that in a second. Hector uh, Noizy, one of the Pirates. Uh, Buster Posey, David Price, Joe Ross, Tyson Ross got released before he made his decision, and then Ryan Zimmerman. Um, that's a, I mean, there's a lot of nationals on there. Right. Um, supposedly they have the, the best-ranked uh, pitching staff, which I disagree with, but uh, that's a different story. <laughs> Yeah, I really think uh, just from injury standpoint, I, th- I think the Reds are really positioned to do well this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm just watching scrimmage yesterday, um, that being July. was it July 12th, 13th? July 13th. Um, there were six home runs hit. I think they're ready to go. Right. And then uh, and w- w- let's talk about the scrimmages uh Real quick, of course, uh, we're talking about getting back to normal, and scrimmages are kind of a first step for the uh, baseball normalcy to get back as uh, the Reds have played some uh, inter-squad games, and uh, they've looked pretty exciting at times, both defensively, offensively, and pitching. Oh, yeah, the, the, the pitching, especially today, July 14th, is uh, Sonny Gray went to distance. I mean, he, he, he looked really good. He only gave up maybe two hits all day. Um, and he, he was just on and nobody scored. It was a zero, zero tie, which is fine. Um, there's always going to be tomorrow. Right. But I mean, over the past week, at least to the last few scrimmages, we had Castellanos go yard, uh, Philip Irvin, Jesse Winker, Nick Senzel, um, Carl, uh, Carl, what was his name? Christian Cologne, uh, Jonathan India's hitting Homer twice. Aquino's homered, uh, Stevenson, the catcher, uh, Matt Davidson, Suarez, Tucker Barnhart and Scott Shebler are all homered. So I think this offense is ready to go. I even forgot that Scott Shebler was even on the team still. Yeah, I don't know. And it, it looks, uh, it looks healthy and it's like, he's, uh, he's trying to make, you know, win a spot, but I mean, it's a crowded outfield. I, I don't know. Right. I don't know his chances at this point. Right. So, uh, talk to me a little bit about the, uh, first scrimmage. Uh, the first scrimmage was kind of like, everybody's just getting ready to go. And, and, 
feeling each other out, especially Nick Castellanos and Mike Moustakis. You know, the first time they actually had a uniform on and in a game. Um, they and then Moustakis was second base. He had some, you know, he was a little jittery out there, but he did pretty good. And Castellanos was, uh, he, he hit the longest ball I think I've, I've seen in a while to right field, opposite field for him. Uh, I think he looked he looked good, and then the pitching was pretty good as well. Um, but uh, that was a good first scrimmage, and, and and it set the tone, I guess, for the rest of the rest of the week. Right, and then uh, the next scrimmage on July the ninth. Uh, anything notable from that game? Um, just a, it three long balls. Irvin Winker and Senzel homered. Um, I think Winker was more of a surprise home run for him because he just looked like he had his look <laughs> on his face like, oh, my God, I hit it out. <laughs> but uh, he, he, I think these are these are three guys that are, are battling for outfield spots, even Senzel. I mean, if you look at Akiyama, the guy's been hitting pretty good right now during the scrimmage. Yeah, Jesse Winker is one of the most funny guys on the team. Oh, man, Met fans love him. <laughs> <laughs> love his personality so uh, that was the july 9th was that the july 9th scrimmage we just talked about or july 10th i kind of lost my place that was the ninth the 10th was uh, uh cologne homered in that game and he's trying to win a bench spot uh he's still on a minor league contract but uh he's trying to find a find a spot on this team as well i mean you're gonna have 30 guys when you open the season for at least two weeks so a lot of these guys want to get there um, I, I feel bad for the other 30 guys that aren't going to make it because they don't have anywhere to go. Right. I mean, uh, not having a minor league season, these guys are going to be sitting around until you know, somebody gets hurt or another COVID case happens or something. I, I you know, I, I wonder if, uh, cause I know there were some rumors at one time about, uh, some of the major league guys not playing, maybe being lent to the, uh, independent team. So I didn't know if any of those might end up with, with the Florence, uh, baseball league that they're trying to start with between Lexington and uh, Florence. But uh, I guess that could be a possibility or maybe they'll just play inter-squad and try to reduce the uh, COVID risk. It probably depends on the team and the case and the case loads, I guess. Well, I mean, if you do it, you know, inter-squad like scrimmages, you know, during the season, it's kind of, it'll kind of be like, you know, with football because they have a practice squad. That's probably what this is going to be. It'll be a baseball practice squad, and maybe some will go and do some independent baseball. Right. Uh, looking at, uh, of course, with those, maybe it'll be the uh, draft choices uh, that they picked up this this uh, this year, and all six of those signed. So I guess that that might be more of a uh, ch- choice for independent leagues, just because the risk is a lot lower, short term anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, Get them guys some at bats. Right, July eleventh uh, scrimmage. Anything notable? Uh, Aquino hit a, a monster blast, and that one. And India also homered, and that one was his first home run uh, in the scrimmage. Uh, I think you know. I, I don't. Think, I don't know his chances at the moment for India. Right. You know, he's probably get another probably another year away. Um, but I mean, he's a third baseman, so he's going to be sitting around a while if he's going to try and wait for third base to open up for him. Now, was it the July 11th uh, scrimmage or the July 13th scrimmage where Tucker Barnhart sat in the stands with a uh, megaphone heckling all the guys? Uh, that would be, I believe that was the 12th. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, that, I don't have that on my notes. Got yeah, he was sitting in the stands with the megaphone. <laughs> that, was <in> <laughs> that was great. And then yesterday's scrimmage, uh, that was the one that was just like a home run derby, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, Suarez hit a home run off of uh, Rizal Iglesias, and it went upper deck, and I think it's still flying up the upper deck because <laughs> it, it, it just kept going. It was it was incredible, and that was, uh, and then uh, Scott Chubler hit one which would barely went out. Matt Davidson hit one straight away, which was a pretty decent shot. I mean, Matt Davidson, man, I think that guy's a sleeper to me. You know, He's a sleeper player. When they signed him in the off season, I really got excited seeing his stats uh, in the Oakland AAA uh, numbers. Now, some of those are getting inflated out in the Pacific Coast League, but. Uh, it, the numbers were just astounding, both the on-base percentage, his home run rate. Uh, I think he could be a, a sleeper and kind of a steal find if uh, if it all pans out. With it being a 60-game season with the expanded rosters, uh, they might be able to find a way to keep him uh, on the team the entire year and then ha- have him in place for next year, uh, especially if they can't re-sign some of the guys that are on one-year deals. Yeah, and, and and I think the one thing with Davidson, he's trying to make a comeback because he didn't play last year. He was in, you know, I think Texas's Triple uh, A team, and he got hurt down there, so he didn't get to play a whole lot oh, last year. But he's yeah. trying to get he's trying to get back to the majors. Yeah, sorry, I, I was thinking of the other guy that uh, the Rule Five guy. Oh, uh, Mark Payton. Mark Payton. The, yes. the, there are so many outfielders on this team. The outfield is incredible. That I can't believe we got like maybe nine outfielders right now, <laughs> and that's not counting the draft picks. But yeah, right. That, what are you going to do with a guy like a Rule Five guy? It, it's, he was it's the shortest guy I've ever seen on this team. Right, and and but that that's the guy I was talking about with the power. Yeah, Mark. I forgot about Mark Davidson. I think he was in the White Sox organization at one point. Uh, from a comment yeah, on he, he, on an early uh, episode of this podcast. Yeah, he had a couple of twenty home run seasons with uh, with uh, with Chicago. He struck out a lot, but he uh, he got on. He had his own base percentage wasn't bad. Uh, almost sounds like an Adam Dunn without looking at the numbers. <laughs> yeah, I think he 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 kind of mimics Adam Dunn a little bit, um, but I think he right now I think his focus is just to get back to the major major league level. Right, and speaking of outfielders and the Reds, uh, a former outfielder that was a huge fan favorite last year. A lot of people, even though we have 20 outfielders on the team already, wanted the Reds to sign him again. Uh, Yasiel Puig finally landed with the team. Yes, yeah, he, he, he's uh, arrived in Atlanta. Um, he will be in right field. Mark Nick Markakis obviously opted out. And uh, the spot opened up, and Puig was the best option, and and I think uh, I, I feel I feel good for him. You know, I'm happy for the guy. He finally he's been waiting for so long for somebody to to sign him, and finally he's going to get that opportunity right. in Atlanta. The, that'll be good because I always liked uh, Puig. He was entertaining uh, last year at the uh, the Reds' uh, 150th celebration with the uh, concert. Uh, he didn't really intermingle with the fans outside of the. Uh, the uh, photograph and autograph sessions. I don't think they had autograph sessions, but they had photograph sessions uh, during the event. He did intermingle with the fans there, but he stuck around for the concert. Uh, saw him out in front of the dugout uh, dancing uh, with some of the some of the people inside the clubhouse, family, friends. Uh, so 
he had a great time here in Cincinnati. I think he probably had a great time in Cleveland when he went up there. Very polarizing player. I know he's uh, had some issues in the past, especially out in Los Angeles with the media there. But uh, everything he did here was great. He uh, did a lot for charity, uh, worked with the Reds Community Fund. They worked with his uh, his foundation. So I definitely wouldn't have minded him being back. But the way the outfield is right now, there is just no room for half the players we have on the team now. So uh, he would not have been a fit this year, especially with the salary uh, that he was looking for. Yeah, and I think right now, having a guy like even Adam Duvall who's there in Atlanta, he can't find playing time. Right. They have a pretty crowded outfield as well. You know, Ronald Acuna Jr. is an amazing player. Right. And and you look at the CRTs in center field, and I think – where do you, where do you put a guy like Adam Duvall? Now you got Puig in right field. So what do you do? What do you really do with that guy? Uh, yeah, I know <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. So uh, that kind of takes a look at the news. Now I do have one news item. It's to me, it's very huge news. <laughs> it probably isn't to anyone else, but th- there's probably <sighs> not going to be any fans at Great American Ballpark at least for a while. And who knows uh, with the governor's uh, teased a big announcement for tomorrow night. I don't know why he needs to make a big announcement tomorrow night. If he knows what the hell he's doing, make the announcement now so we can uh, know what's going on. There's there's no reason for suspense. He's not a TV star. All these governors need to get over themselves with that. Make the announcement. You don't need a grand stage. And I, I'm off my right. soapbox now, but if, if he knows he's going to shut down businesses or if he's going to do something, whatever it is, if he knows it now, tell us now. There's no reason to to wait until some grand uh, grand announcement. If it, if it's that urgent, do it now. If it's not that urgent, you don't need to be doing it. Exactly. So, yeah, the the way we've handled this whole thing is is ridiculous. So I think some of the governor's egos with with their early uh, praise during the responses went a little bit to their heads on this they're not tv stars they need to be leaders if something needs to be done explain to us why and do it don't uh, tease like oh tune in tomorrow night at 5 30 yeah right well, he's supposed to have a scheduled one today uh, <laughs> and, DeWine. yeah and then they and then he postponed it till tomorrow night at 5 30 teasing a big announcement uh, he's not vince mcmahon he needs to just get on with it I mean, if, if you even if you shut down the, uh, Hamilton County, for instance, where the Reds play, they play in Hamilton County. So if you shut down Hamilton County, then obviously we got a problem with baseball. My guess they'll they'll be exempted somehow, but uh, it, it, they just need, since it's closed practice, not open to the public, they'll probably be fine. But uh, yeah. it, they ugh, they just need to. Uh, Use some common sense, and if it's, if something is that urgent, that life, that life saving, you go ahead and do it. You don't go to the hospital, and you need to go to the ER, and they 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 tell you that. Oh, okay, we'll tell you what it is tomorrow at six o'clock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that would be uh, that would be something really suspenseful, especially <laughs> if it's, it's to deal with their health. Right. Am I going to live or am I going to die, Doc? Come on. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little bit distracted. But anyway, so most likely there's not going to be any fans anytime soon. Maybe if cases start dwindling down again in uh, late August or late September, it 
could be a possibility. I know uh, Phil Castellini wants fans, but right now is definitely not the time for fans. I'll even admit that. Uh, because it's, it's not just the fans you let in the stadium. Then you have to have more security in there. Then you have to have concessions. Uh, ushers so it's a it's more it's more than just having you know 2,000 fans come in to watch the Reds game socially distancing where no one really comes in contact with each other but there's a lot more that goes into it uh, a lot of logistics so I, I can kind of see especially for a major stadium like Great American Ballpark and, and the Reds to where even if the fans were allowed does it even make business sense to have fans in because it's going to cost more to pay the other employees, which they may or may not even have on the roster since they're seasonal. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it, but there is one thing the Reds are going to have. I am so glad because it was very enjoyable watching the Taiwan League, uh, the Chinese Professional Baseball League in Taiwan. Uh, when they were running with no fans, they are going to have mascots. I, I do have that confirmed. Yeah, mascots. Yeah. I- <laughs> Hey, you need you need a ball boy, and mascots could do that. Well, I, I from <laughs> from what I understand, Major League Baseball is not they're going to be the mascots. Uh, they're going to be required to get the same testing protocols, but they're not going to be allowed to have the interaction with the players like they normally do. But it, it's going to make TV much better. It's just going to add a little bit of fun to it. Uh, of course, mascots are usually silent, so that's not going to help with the crowd noise, but. Uh, just watching the uh, the Taiwan leagues when there was nobody in the stands, but they had cheerleaders. It, it really, it, as crazy as it sounded, it did kind of add to the game. And then uh, over there, they had the uh, some of the weird mascots. They had deliver barbecue to the announcers, which was just hilarious. Oh my god, I, I would be an announcer. I would never <laughs> stop being an announcer to bring me barbecue. Uh, the cowboy would love it. <laughs> Oh, a cowboy wants that and an ice cream. Gapper, Gapper, bringing the cowboy uh, some barbecue, a Mexican Coke, and uh, and ice cream. Bring him, bring him his UDF ice cream. So, uh, the other piece of news that came out this week, and I'll let you talk on this: the 2021 schedule is out already. It's amazing. Uh, I'll, I'll two uh, keynotes. They start the year off opening day with the cards on April the first. And the interleague next year is again with the AL Central, and I have my opinion on that. I think it's probably just kind of a contingency plan in case uh, COVID is still out there and they have to kind of operate like they did this year with limited travel. Yeah, I mean, he opened with the Cardinals, who's our favorite opponent. Um, then you bring in the Pirates, and they go on a road west coast to Arizona and San Francisco in April, and then they get a home stand. Then they play the Dodgers in the month. They're going back out to the West Coast again, which I don't understand that one. You put them all together, it works out much better. Um, then you got the you go to May when you got the Cubs and the White Sox kind of back to back. You go back on a, a long road trip for that one. Uh, looks like ten games, and then come home for about seven and go back and road again. Against the Nationals, we'll play them for the first time of the season, hopefully, at the end of May. Um, you go to June, uh, Philly's in town, go to St. Louis for four. It's always fun to go to St. Louis. Oh yeah. I've uh, never been to with the Brewers. Rockets, I've never been but, to that ballpark, but that, that's on my list of things to do. Yeah. I've heard it's a pretty nice ballpark. Yeah. Um, 
before COVID hit, my plan was on April the 12th, which was Easter, to make the uh, road trip to uh, St. Louis that weekend, go to a Cardinals game. I don't even know if they were playing the Reds that weekend originally or not, and then go to uh, an XFL game. But uh, COVID killed both of those opportunities. Yeah, I think um, I think one dream is like the field of dreams. There's a game uh, yes. this year in August with the Cardinals and the White Sox. Yeah, that would have been cool if it had been the Reds and the White Sox, and then they could have really played up the uh, the whole uh, you know 1919 series. But uh, I think part yeah. of that problem is uh, I think they picked the Cardinals just because of their how close they w- both teams are to uh, Iowa. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense. Uh, I know they're they're scheduled to do another maybe two games next year. Don't know the teams yet. Um, I think I heard it was supposed to be the Yankees and the White Sox, but I could be wrong. Right. I think that's who it was originally going to be. The Reds and White Sox would have been just because of the nineteen nineteen series would have made sense. But for national TV, I, I can see why they would pick the Yankees. Yeah, it makes sense. Even Yankees Red Sox would have been awesome too. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess they wanted to keep the White Sox there just because of the movie focused on the uh, Black Sox scandal. But yeah. uh, but it, it's still going to be cool. They're going to have a separate stadium, of course, from the uh, farm uh, the farm field that was used in the movie set. But uh, I, I kind of like that's one of the cool things um, the current uh, commissioner and his marketing team have done that I think is really cool playing the games at uh, like the little league world series, playing a game there, military base stadium only. It, it, it adds some, uh, a little bit of, uh, in the Mexican series, like the Reds did last year, it's games we couldn't go to as fans, but expanded the Reds fan base to a different market. And, uh, it's one of the things that, uh, I hate to give Manfred credit, but it's, it's actually one of the things he's done well. Yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty good with scheduling. I'll give him that. <laughs> uh, uh, but the, we'll, we'll back to the the red schedule real quickly. Yes. Uh, just wrap up the first half um, in July here. Uh, Padres, Cubs. Then we go to Kansas City for three. That'll be interesting. Uh, in Milwaukee, and then the All Star Game is at uh, was that Trust Park? Where's Trust Park at? Oh, I forgot. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I've. Uh, is that it's, the new it's, park in Texas? Oh, yeah. I've, that's Globe Life Park in Texas. So, no, that's not that's it. Okay. Uh, next it's, a year, national, it's a National League park. It is a National League park. Yeah, I, I read it the other day. I don't remember. It's, it's, it was probably called something else. <laughs> they probably renamed yeah. it. So. I like how they throw me off. They don't put it on here. It says Trist Park. I don't know. Uh, then, second half, Brewers, Mets, Cardinals here. Go to Chicago for... Four against the Cubs. Against the, then we got a New York play the Mets. Their pitching staff would be fun, too. Oh, it, the 2021 All-Star game is in Atlanta. Okay. So they, they've already renamed it since since it opened a couple of years ago. Wow. It took two years, but they got it right. I guess they got it right. I don't know. Oh, they, they did. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's now called Truist Park. Uh, I guess uh, I think it was originally called SunTrust Park. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, jump into August and Twins Pirates are in. We got Twins for two here. Go to Atlanta, Philly, Chicago here with the Cubs. Go Marlins come in for four. We've been playing them for four games lately. I don't know why. Uh, gonna walk in and back to the Marlins and Cardinals come in September. A lot of road games. That's kind of fifty-fifty, really. 
Cardinals, Tigers. We'll be able to see the Tigers a lot next week. Uh, Cubs go there. Go to St. Louis. Go to Pittsburgh. Dodgers are in for three. Pirates are in for three. Nationals are in for three. Then we go to Chicago. It's the White Sox, and I believe we go into October with the Pirates. The three with the Pirates in Pittsburgh always finish with the Pirates. What is up with that? <laughs> you know, the years that they did those, uh, I, I know the uh, 2013 season, they ended with the uh, Pirates. Not very well, but that's who they ended with, both in the regular season and the uh, and the postseason. Yeah, I guess that's the history we have with the Pirates. <laughs> But, uh, uh, yeah, that wraps up the schedule for next season. There's no times announced yet. I guess that'll, that'll – Oh, make... the, I, this is like the earliest I remember them ever releasing the next year's schedule. I'm pretty sure it's usually, usually in, like, August or September. So I guess they had nothing else to do since games weren't going on. Yeah, I guess, you know, you got to give these guys something to do. So I guess, they, well, we'll make up a schedule. So there you go. The schedule's out for everybody. All right. Uh, once again, this week, time for the trivia question. I asked Nick a trivia question. He gives me the answer. Then later in the show, I give him the uh, correct answer. <laughs> so right, I think you're, get it wrong. Let's go. you're you're one for one <laughs> so far. Uh, this week is maybe pretty easy. Um, so it, it's kind of a trick question, but if you think about it, it you should be able to get it. Which Cincinnati Red? Oh. Got a standing ovation when he pinch hit for Kirk Sarlaloose. I probably butchered his name. And I, I forgot he was even a red, too, on opening day in 2007. Oh, man. 2007. 2007 opening day. I was there sitting out in the outfield. Remember him coming up to at-bat, but I don't remember that he uh, pinch hit for Kirk's uh, Sarlaloose. Kirk Sarlus. Sarlus. I believe his name is Sarlus. I'm not sure either. <laughs> oh, man. We apologize, Kirk, if you happen to I'm a, stumble upon our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If we butcher your name, I apologize too. Uh, I want to say Josh Hamilton. All right. We will find out uh, later in the show. All right. This week, uh, we're going to focus on players on this team, and we're going to start with Mike Moustakis, uh, one of the big off-season off signings, and uh, take a look back at his uh, history, uh, both uh, personal history, his uh, playing history, and how he's going to fit on this team. I was really excited about his uh, signing. How about you? Oh, man, I, I, I was so excited when I saw his name pop up, the red sign of a four-year contract. Right. Uh, you get a legitimate guy that's been to a World Series, has won a World Series, and has got legitimate power. He's a very good fielder. He can play third base, second base. He can probably even play first base. You never know. Right. And just a little bit about Mike for for uh, Red fans who may not know about him. Uh, he was born in Los Angeles uh, back in 1988. His birthday is on September 11th. Uh, probably grew up a, desert, a Dodgers fan or an Angels fan. Uh, that part I'm not for sure, but uh, he did grow up in – in Los Angeles, uh, his uh, the uh, father his father was a former college football player for UCLA, and uh, this is pretty interesting. A little trivia fact uh, probably won't be a trivia question, but uh, he was asked once if he was not a baseball player, what would he want to be? And he said a firefighter. Wow! So that that's pretty cool, uh, especially if the uh, power stacks catch on fire again, maybe a. Uh, him and Dietrich can go out there and uh, put out the fire. 
I, I say Diedrich because it seems like anytime there's uh, something that causes the game to delay, he he uh, he hams it up a little bit. Well, we we love Derek Diedrich for what he does with a uh, a pack of, of something with uh, poison in it or something like that to try and kill bees. <laughs> that, I mean, that was hilarious. I still enjoy that. Right. So. Uh, Mike Mustakas, of course, uh, was started out in the uh, Royals organization. Was drafted by them. Uh, he was a number two draft pick overall. In which year was that? That would be two thousand seven. So uh, had a really good, uh, t- good, se- good uh, years with him. Of course, you said he went to the World Series with them. Uh, came up in two thousand eleven. Played eighty nine games. Hit uh, 263 with a 309 on base percentage. Not great, but uh, five home runs. Not bad for kind of your cup of coffee year. And then he followed up in 2012 with a uh, little bit better numbers 242 batting average, but uh, that's over 614 plate appearances. Uh, big stat, though 20 home runs uh, in the 2012 season. So he is going to hit the ball out of the ballpark. He's going to get runs drove in. He, he may not be your, you know, your number one go-to guy, but he's going to he's going to get the job done, and uh, he's he's going to have that uh, kind of that leadership uh, from the offense's position that the Reds haven't had for a while. Yeah, I mean, he's he gets the RBIs. He doesn't walk a whole lot, but he does uh, he does drive the ball. Um, he gets doubles. He's kind of like Castellanos to get them doubles, right? Uh, he's, he's got plenty of power. I mean, the guy is, he's had a pretty good career for, you know, right now the guy that was, he was a number two draft pick overall and, and, and he came up and he's, he's, he did pretty good for himself. Now he, he did struggle in 2013, 2014 with the Royals hitting uh 233 and 212 respectively. Uh, but th- those are some really bad Royals teams. If I remember right. Yeah. And then 2015, uh, he really turned it on for him, really led the team. 284 batting average, a 348 on base percentage, uh, 22 home runs, 82 runs driven in on a uh, very good um, um, Royals team. Uh, he made the all star team that year and was 21st in MVP voting. So, a uh, l- little bit of respect there. He definitely got a little bit of. Uh, um, little bit of um, credit from the from the media probably the local guy voted for him but uh, still pretty cool to get an MVP vote if nothing else that, that means you made an impression that year yeah I mean he, when you get a guy that hits 22 home runs he, he was 72 points higher in batting average he only struck out 76 times in 549 at bats that, that's, that's pretty impressive that's pretty good and he followed up in 2016 he must have been injured that year only played. 27 games, uh, hit 240, 301 on base percentage, but in, in that limited time, still had seven home runs, 13 RBI, and, and then came back the following year with another all-star performance, hitting 272, 521 slugging percentage with a uh, 314 on base on base percentage. And uh, like, like you said, he doesn't really strike out a lot, and he doesn't walk a lot, so he puts the ball in play, which uh, on this Reds team could be uh, huge driving in runs if with the guys that are going to be hitting in front of him. Well, especially in this ballpark. Oh, absolutely. I mean, 
I mean, he had 38 home runs in 2017. Imagine what he's going to hit this year, right. even in 60 games. I think he still has a chance to hit at least 20, 25 home runs. Yeah, in 2018, uh, his time was split between the Royals and uh, Milwaukee. Uh, overall, he had 231, a little bit of a down. I'm sorry, 251 and 315 yeah. on base percentage. A little bit of a down year, but still, again, 103 strikeouts. That was up slightly, only 49 walks, but uh, again, 95 RBI that year, 28 home runs. Uh, last year in 2019, another all star appearance with the Milwaukee, uh, 254 batting average, 329 on base percentage. So, pr- pr- pretty good numbers. Uh, I mean, they're not going to be, he's not a Joey Votto, he's not going to walk a lot. Only 53 walks last year, 98 strikeouts. He's not going to strike out a lot either. Uh, so he looks like he puts the ball in play, and uh, he is, he's looking in phenomenal shape. I know he's going to be playing second base uh, pretty much exclusively this year. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the talk. I mean, if Suarez gets hurt or something, then he'll take over at third base, but I think second base would be his spot for this year. And, and I, I think that's going to be uh, – be a good spot for him. And like you said, in 60 games, uh, I mean, that so much is going to be different this year in 60, in 60 games because the player is going to be taking completely different approaches to uh, each game, both offensively, both defensively. They may take more chances than they would in a 162-game uh, season, which could be good, could be bad. So it, this year is, is going to – it's going to be pretty exciting to watch – on how the players react to uh, the new, the uh, the new uh, rules, the new the new uh, scheduling, it's it's going to be uh, exciting. I'm looking forward to it uh, to seeing Mustakas, and he he's around more than just this year too. Yeah, we got him for four years. Uh, he's going to be around a long time. So uh, let's get used to him hitting thirty plus home runs a season. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking up uh, right now what he's done at uh, Great American Ballpark. Um, in his career, he has hit a Great American Ballpark. Let me find it. There it is. He is a – oh, the, the, we'll ignore the average. <laughs> the batting average is – one. That'll change. Yeah, he's going up against Reds pitching for that too, for, for the bulk of – and, and last year's Reds pitching, which was really good. Uh, 190, 250 on pace percentage to 328 slugging with two home runs and seven RBI in 64 plate appearances. I was hoping for something better, but, uh, you know, last year was his first year in the uh, National League uh, full-time, so he hasn't had that many opportunities yet, and he was going up against some really good Reds pitching last year. Yeah, and and – I mean, every time we saw Mustakas, he, he I thought he was impressive. And when we when we went to Milwaukee, yeah, you know, he he was uh, he was pretty good there against us. I, I'm assuming that was a home field advantage for him. But uh, I want to go. I want to talk about his 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 defense. He's played a thousand forty two games at third base. He's played forty seven games at second base. So he's got experience there. And he's got four games at first base. So. It's not like he's going to the second base, never played it before. Right. So that's something I'm, I mean, I'm optimistic about. I want to see it with a 993 uh, fielding percentage. Right, and and the Reds are pretty much up front with him when they signed him that uh, they wanted him to play second base. So it's not going to be like he got to uh, spring training. It's like, oh, we don't have a place for you here, so you need to go play second base. He had all off right. season to prepare. 
He's uh, he could get mentally prepared, and then of course in spring training uh, 1.0, uh, he looked pretty good good at second base, and now uh, at this uh, summer camp, um, he can hopefully uh, get everything fine tuned before the season begins uh, very shortly. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's there's no reason not every starter could play every game. Right. I mean, sixty games. Yeah, you should have lead the league in games played. Right. So, uh, where, where do you think he fits in with the 2020 Reds? Where do you think he'll fit in the lineup? Uh, where do you think he'll be stats-wise compared to other players? Well, if, if I go by my MLB The Show, um, <laughs> I would believe I would place him probably bad and clean up in a four-hole. Right behind Suarez. Yeah, right. That, that's gonna, it's going to be an interesting year in the lineups, too. But, uh, but uh, with... Uh, with, he figured with Votto, with Votto batting second, right. that's where he's going to be. Right, Votto's going to be batting have, second. You don't, you don't have Votto and Mustakas back-to-back in the left-hander. Okay. No. You want to break that up so you have the you know right in between. So Suarez would make sense at three, Mustakas four, Castellanos five, and then so on. This is probably the best Reds lineup uh, top to bottom in years. Many years. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought the 2000 team... Well, they're starting lineup of opening day with Junior and, and Larkin and Dimitri Young and Sean Casey. I was like, wow, that's amazing. That was a great lineup, and, and I think this one's going to top that one. Right. So what do you think uh, he'll end up uh, this year stats-wise? Um, I'm looking probably – let me go back to the batting room real quick while I'm looking at it. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking – like I said, I'm, I, I got to think 60 games and not 162. Right. Uh, probably go about, <laughs> I'm thinking probably 20 home runs, maybe 56 RBIs, about two, probably about 260. Okay. Uh, baseball reference, I guess they've been simulating the game so far this year. Here's where they have him through July 12th. And some of this I think he'll do much better than uh, the other one's probably right on in the 60 game. Now, the, this is based off of uh, 77 games started and 83 games total. They have him hitting 220, which I think he's going to hit way better than that, especially in a shorter season. Yeah. Uh, 284 on base percentage, which with his stats, that's that's a, that's a realm of possibility. Maybe I think it'll be a little bit higher than that. I would say on the low end, he'd be in the 290, high end 320 on that. Uh, they have him with 15 home runs, 47 RBI. That's for a 20 for a 60 game season. That's that's uh. I, Probably right. Uh, Great American Ballpark, though, um, especially with no fans. Uh, that could. I, I wonder if that's going to change the wind tunnel effect <laughs> that used to be there before they put in uh, some of the canopies uh, for the uh, private suite areas. So, because the very first seasons through there, someone hit a pop up to to right field. That thing was going out. <laughs> I guess it all depends on which way the wind's blowing. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but that gap they had uh, it, it created a wind tunnel, and there was some, especially when Adam Dunn was here, he looked at a, at at some balls that looked like, oh, that's going to be a pop out to second base, and the next thing you know, it's in the third row. Well, I mean, it's like a reminder I I had on my Facebook today uh, the game in St. Louis last year when the I guess it was uh, Matt Carpenter hit a routine fly ball that was sailing over Billy Hamilton's head and leaped over the wall and caught it. I mean, it was like two years ago. <laughs> But, I mean, I just can't stop watching that. I mean, that's right. one, one of those things was like, wow. 
amazing what, what a ball could do in the air. It looks like it's routine, and then the wind picks it up, and it's gone. But yeah, yeah, I think – but overall for Mike, Mike Moustakis, I think to, to kind of wrap up, it's great addition to the team, great addition to the clubhouse, and uh, hopefully when we get to more normal times, uh, we'll find out that he's a great addition to the uh, city overall. Yeah, and, and – I mean, like I said, we're 10 days away from opening day. I'm still counting down, man. I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I'm it's, ready to go. It's kind of crazy now for me this year because I've been to uh, every opening day since 2004 and was at 2002 as well. Missed 2003. I just couldn't get tickets that year, and I couldn't afford to pay the uh, $200 for upper deck tickets that they were going for the on the uh, scalper market. So that year I uh, stayed at home and watched it on TV, but uh, – Kind of disappointing, not going to be able to make opening day this year, but no one else can. So I'm going to say my streak is still alive uh, next year if we're allowed to, allowed back in the stadium. Yeah, I mean, I would write this one off this year and just say, hey, you know what? We'll skip a year. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. It's not but, your fault you can't go. So you know what? Next year, it's the streak continues. So uh, every week we do a player of the week. Who is your player of the week? Um, I want to go with Matt Davidson. Um, I, I guess I think the guy has got a lot to play for and he wants to make this team. And I think he's, he's really trying his best to get there. I am going to go with, um, Tucker Barnhart just for the, uh, pure entertainment of, uh, being in the, uh, crowd on his day off, uh, heckling his teams, telling people to get in the box, uh, and all kinds of, uh, fun chatter that I'm sure that I'm sure the other players uh, appreciated and, uh, It'll it'll be interesting to see how they do uh, fan noise. I know they've talked about piping stuff in. I hope they don't do that because I think it'll just look weird uh, based off my uh, wrestling fandom where they've done that in the past and even some this year with the uh, limited crowds of uh, employees they put into the uh, crowd to just make it not look completely empty. But, uh, um yeah, T- Tucker's a fun guy, and so I- I'm going to go with Tucker again. Uh, hopefully, once uh, we start playing games, uh, it's going to be more stat based than entertainment based. But for ne- for now, I am going to go with Tucker. Yeah, I think one of the players brought up. Why don't they just pipe in music? Uh, I but guess I think it, it's a that's a copyright thing. I think, well, well, yeah, well, they would have that problem, and then. Uh, Probably the other thing is uh, that could be pro- maybe even distracting to the players because they're just not used used to that. So I, I think they would rather either have piped in crowd if it could sound natural or uh, just just hear the crack of the bat like they're playing in uh, in the backyard. Right, right, and I think it's why with the scrimmage and you watch it on Reds.com, there's it's silent. There's no there's nothing no no right. bat smack and nothing. Because there's music playing in the back. Yeah, well, I think they also do that because since it's a closed practice, they don't want other teams hearing any strategy that the coaches are talking about as well. Yeah, that too. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get to the answer of this week's trivia question. The trivia question, once again, was which Cincinnati Red got a standing ovation when he uh, hit pinch hit for Kirk Sarlus on opening day in 2007, and you said? Josh Hamilton. And the answer is, make this a little bit more suspense. Sus, it's suspenseful. Uh, easy for me to say. The answer is Josh Hamilton. Hey, I got one right. <laughs> 
So you're two for one now, or two and one on the uh, trivia questions on the show. And uh, that pretty much wraps up another show this week. Uh, been a lot of fun this week. Uh, sorry for my tangent on the governor. It just kind of drives me crazy lately how they got all these big announcements, but they can't tell you just now, but they know what they're going to do anyway. Uh, so it, 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 you know it, it is what it is i guess but you know you just have to go with the flow well, and, and, and it could affect uh it, it, it could affect the games depending on on what the is is so just tell us we're we're i'd like to say we're adults but maybe not i i have facebook so i i see that we're not <laughs> exactly anyway uh if you have any comments uh feel free to join us in our facebook group uh it's uh Cincinnati Reds fan chatter on Facebook. Uh, you can tweet me at Scott Evans on air and you can, uh, Nick, I know you have a uh, Twitter as well. Uh, I believe if I'm correct, it's Nick L at twitter.com. <laughs> All right. Until next week uh, where we're going to take a look at, I, I think we talked about doing a roster preview. Yeah. I think we're going to look at the, right now we got 60 guys and see who's going to make the, uh, make the 30 man opening day and who's not. Until then, uh, take care and go Reds. Go Reds.